0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Today we're going to be discussing the eighth and final round of the Super Prestige, which took place in Middelkerke. Isam, thank you for being here to discuss the Nordzekerols.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me.
0: On the men's side, Elisabeth was already sure of the overall victory in the classification, but he was eager to finish it off in style by taking a victory. But for the first part of the race, he was not really in contention for the victory. It was Joris Nieuwhuis who opened an early lead in the race. There was a chasing pack behind him. First, it was Joran Viseur who tried to bridge to Nieuwhuis. He actually came to seven seconds, but then faded, then had chain issues. And then I'm not even sure if he finished the race. I think he DNF'd after he needed to run like half a lap. A group of three riders formed behind that was Izubed together with new Nieu- uh, with van der Haar, and then Van Toorenhout eventually made his way up there. In the start, Van Toorenhout was held up after he got into a verbal argument with Ryan Kamp, and Pim Bronhaar. It was a very weird situation going on there. But once Van Toorenhout was there, he and van der Haar were pacing. Izubed for the best part of 40 minutes looked to be struggling to following the two. But then all of a sudden, the young man was awoken by something. I don't know, maybe some cheers by a spectator or a song coming on. But Nieuwenhuis completely imploded. Isebiet stormed to the front, passed Van der Haar, passed Van Turenhout, bridged 25 seconds in one gap to Nieuwenhuis, overtook him, and then looked to be ready to take the win. However, Van Turenhout didn't give up without a fight. In the penultimate lap, Van Turenhout came back to 5 seconds on Isebiet, but had to let Isabit go. Isabit took the win, his 49th of his career, ahead of Michael van Turenhout, and Joris Nieuwhuis ended third. Very weird implosion there by Nieuwhuis He said after the race he had a bad day and that he felt it coming, but he just loved the course so much that he just kept going. I'm not sure I've ever seen an implosion as big as this. This is like a massive, massive bonk. I mean... I don't think I've ever seen something like this in a single cyclocross race. It's, um, from being in the lead with 30 seconds for like the best part of two-thirds of the race to ending third 40 seconds down on Ezebiet. And then how does Ezebiet do this every single time? Like, I can't count how many times I've thought Easybeat is out of a race and then somehow he still wins it. And today, definitely a remarkable comeback by him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that... Um... <laughs> he came in his element the moment that he saw that there was a chance for him to get a victory and i think that he summed it up quite well in the the post race interview as well because he knew from last year he said that it was a a hard course and a difficult one also with the circumstances that it had last year and and this year he felt that it was kind of the same so he tried to be a little bit you know easier with the with the pace in the beginning and himself very nicely I would say and it definitely helped that uh, Newhouse didn't have his day in, uh, and, and really kind of imploded that is something that I haven't seen in recent times especially for someone in the lead we have seen it in the midfield a little bit more but this was definitely somewhat ex- exceptional and especially on the way he was riding the first couple of laps I was like this is gone this the race is over Newhouse is going to win it uh and we're going to see a, a great battle for, for second and third with uh, maybe Van Thurenhout, Iserbiet, if he was able to get himself back to the front and, and maybe with van der Haar also. But uh, that changed very quickly, basically in one lap. And that was all that, that was needed for the race to be changed. And then Iserbiet passed him quite quickly and Van Thurnout, uh was also able to pass Nieuhenhuis. And that was all that the race uh, was done. So I think yeah for for Izubit it was a very, very strong race, and surprising in a way, because if you look at how he was racing at the worlds, I thought that today was not going to be his best day and it looked like that, but he found something and was able to bring that victory home. but you know, he was saying that it took a lot of energy, so i'm I'm interested to see what he will do uh, tomorrow.
0: Well, earlier this week in Moldechem, the exact rules he won in a similar fashion. He was on the back foot. I mean, I don't take that race serious. It's a circus event just through the parks. I mean, it's fun. And normally the world champion shows its jersey for the first time there. So I get like the right to exist of that race, but it's like super hard to overtake. It's not really a serious race, but to be there was... Also, just in the pack for most of it, then Ronnard crashed in front of him and from the lead, he just didn't let Van out pass him. If you keep the pace high there, you win. So, as you say, he didn't really have a good day at Worlds. He said earlier that he wasn't even sure if he would continue a season after the World Championships because he's been feeling tired and just done with the season ever since January Interesting that he now takes two wins in a row. I mean, you really know it's post-World Championship season when Isebiet and Van Turenhout start getting the Paul Sousa 1-2s again. Normally, it's it's almost tradition that they do that. It's not as bad when Zweig was also there and made it a 1-2-3. Or remember that pathetic time when they were fighting Van der Haar for the overall Super Prestige win and Van Turenhout and Zweig almost need to come to a bloody standstill to let Isebiet stay with them it's it's always weird, weird races here after the World Championships, and that's why I also don't attach any value to the results that are scored here because you can just see a rider right, like Ronhaar peaked for Worlds last week and he's just completely done now. He's tired, and then you have a good day and you can have a bad day. So I don't really add any value to that eighth place of Ronhaar. I'm not going to be talking like in the beginning of the season where's the consistency or anything. It's just the tiredness from post Worlds, which really influences these races. Van Toerenhout's race wasn't really influenced by tiredness. It was more influenced by an argument in the first lap. Issam, what was that with uh, with Kamp there on one of the first hills?
1: From what I saw, it probably was something along the lines of Kamp trying something on the inside there of Van Toerenhout. What Van Toerenhout said at the end of the race, it was probably something that that happened already in Maldegem that irritated Camp in a way, and 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 then he wanted some revenge, or at least tried to, uh, you know, give him back the favor that he got in in Maldichem. He tried to go on the inside, and Van Turnhout blocked him there, and now he was uh, keen to return the favor. But yeah, it it was very silly, but <laughs> very typical for the end of the season. I think both of guy, both of the guys are kind of done already. They you know it's they have to. Because for the classification and all that, and also just to still get some some money on the on the account, and you're cyclos racing in the end, so these are races that also count. But you could definitely feel there that, that for them it was a very long season, and they want to kind of end it already. But. Yeah, very weird. And also the way it... I, I didn't really understand it. I thought <laughs> we might see some fists being thrown here. <laughs> but uh, fortunately, we didn't see that. And uh, Fortunately. So not... Unfortunately. Unfortunately. now nah, nah, we... Nah, we, we, we I need some,
0: we... <laughs> some big Spice and Pepper, some Rob Peters-style
1: <laughs> fights in Hammer. <laughs> I know, but it's it's like for... You know, I I feel that cyclocross is not really a sport where you should be uh, throwing your fist and you should maybe try boxing or or do something else I think then that that would be the better better sport for an athlete I think you have to I I didn't like that overall I really felt that it was like some 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 big guy kind of stance and and being like what 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 do you have and I I don't know it was a bit I don't think there's any place for that in the sport but I don't think we should be exaggerating it also it's just the circumstances that led to it and uh, I think von Thurnath said it well, you know, they have to talk about it and then everything will be will be good in a way. But I feel, and, and I think that von Thurnath said it himself also, that really kind of costed him a better chance to be with Israbeet in the last lap because, you, you know, he really had to spend some energy there because there were a lot of, you know, he didn't lose so much time there, but he definitely lost a lot of places there because there were quite some riders that passed him before he actually got back on his bike and went... Uh, along with his race and I think that that definitely played a role in his second place and what I definitely thought in the end that was you know I kind of understood it but I was also a bit confused by it was that he was a little and I really have to emphasize on a little uh, annoyed by the fact that Iserby didn't wait for him and in a way I can understand it uh, because obviously you don't have a lot of moments where you can actually finish the race one two and maybe cross the line together have a very good picture but i feel like he probably wanted isabit to gift him the win which in that case i it that would make things very awkward and i think that isabit just showed that he was the better guy so but i i feel that isabit could have made a gesture wait for him and then you go on the on the finish photo kind of together i think that is a a memory, you know, as you said, this is not a race that is that that prestigious or something. But I think that the picture can definitely be a very nice uh, souvenir from, from, from a very good season from both guys in a way. If you look, especially at Iserbeet for Van now, it's just a weird season with some very good results.
0: I mean, there's already plenty of those pictures in the office of Meta depending So, I mean, they were fighting for it. So. We need more. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, Van Turenhout really shouldn't complain. I mean, to me it looked like that incident that he pulled the wheel of Kamp and maybe that's a reaction to something that happened in Maldeghem. I was of course only joking about that it, we should have seen a fist fight there. As you say, there's no place for that in the sport and this was also weird. Kamp stood there for a solid 10 seconds and it clearly influenced the race of Van Turenhout. But at the same time, Van Turenhout did look to pull that wheel. So ah, he, sh- he really shouldn't complain. Like, why Why does Izabit need to wait for him? I don't think he needs to wait. Izebiet can do whatever he wants. And Van Tugenaert certainly shouldn't like expect to be gifted a win here. Because Van Tugenaert already got gifted one win this season by Izebiet. And that was the European Championship out of all races. Izebiet definitely has returned the favor to Van Tugenaert a couple of times. Izebiet just wanted to finish off in style here. So I think in the end it's it's good the way it is. Van Tugenaert also, didn't really deserve the win here today. I mean, Isebeet was clearly stronger in that final lap. So, yeah, I thought that was a very weird comment by Van out in his interview. I also think, in general, this was not the most pleasant race to watch. Definitely for me, always the excitement after Worlds goes down. There's nothing really more on the line. Even if there is something on the line in the classification, it doesn't really excite me. And I think part of that is also just in the way that the broadcast is brought to us. I feel we lack the visions of emotion. It's all pretty plain. For most part of the race, we just watch new eyes at the front rather than actual battles for positions. I feel like graphically, Cyclocross can do much better. Like There is live timing. There are lap times. Why don't you cook up a graphic which shows me, hey, this lap, Easierbeat was 25 seconds faster than house When I'm watching it, I would actually like to know if Easerbeat accelerated and puts in a blistering lap time, or if house completely blew up. I haven't found lap times, but I assume Newahaus blew up simply because I like looked at the at the lap times when they show like the timer when they come through the start-finish. But the Zykercross broadcast can definitely improve a lot to make the viewing experience more pleasant and yeah, I think I already mentioned some of this in the podcast last week, or no, I might have written it on threads or on X. But in the mixed relay, for me, one of the greatest events of the World Championships, great sprint between Sparfell and Mason. But during the mix relay, they never showed who was actually on the course. So you were relying on the commentator. It was very hard to follow which rider was racing when. I like the fact that it's a mix and it really gives you the opportunities to do something as a coach in terms of strategy. That's really, really nice. So I would like, why is there not a graphic on the screen telling us, hey, for the UK, these riders have been in the race and for the other country, this has been in the race. If you look at other sports with mixed relays or just relay or team events like in the world cup of darts in the old format you there it was a there were two players they played a singles match and a doubles match and whilst one was playing the singles match they had a camera on the other one watching on a small screen and showing their reactions and in biathlon there's always a camera on the teammates at the finish so i would like to see more of that in cyclocross like slightly more i wouldn't even call it advanced graphics just graphics from 2024 and not from 2010 and more emotions like show me metapending during the race because if you're watching on play sports in belgium you might get the interview with him but put a camera on him like there's camera people roaming around or show us what's going on in the pits like show us a bit more than always the same angles which would definitely make the viewing experience more pleasant rather than giving you the feeling oh, this race is over, which definitely in the women's race was the case, we'll come to that in a bit, like, oh, well, Brandt has won, let's just, well, I can turn off the TV now, because all I'm seeing is Brandt go around in circles for an hour, when maybe for second place, there's an interesting battle going on, not, not the case today, but has definitely been the case in other races. If we look at the entire top 10, we find that Behind the podium of Isbiet van Tourenaart and House, van der Haar rode to fourth ahead of van der Putten, Adams ended sixth ahead of Orts and seventh, and ended eighth ahead of Vice Miosse and Thijs Arts. Don't really have any big comments here, Isam, so if you don't object, we'll go on to the women's race where we had a walkover victory by Lucinda Brandt. It was Alvarado who had the lead early on in the first lap, but she crashed and once Brandt opened a gap up the front. She was completely gone and won by a minute and 15. Second place didn't go to Alvarado. She was in second place, but got overtaken by Verdonschot, who rode her way up there from fifth. So Verdonschot ended second, Alvarado ended third. Blowout victory here by Brandt Issam. I think she is in a good position to farm a couple of wins here at the end of the season, because this was the final race of the season for Alvarado with back issues, and I think Van Empel is doing maybe one more X2O trophy, maybe nothing. I don't really know about that. The communication has been a bit vague about that. Peter is on holiday preparing for Paris now, so Brandt in the perfect position to add a number of Ws to her result sheet.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's uh, <laughs> definitely one way to end the season, I would say. And when you have the opportunities, you have to make use of it. And I think that... That is kind of the charm of 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 the end of the season after the worlds that you, they some of the riders that normally do not get the chance but or were just kind of shy of of winning a, a race now have the opportunity to do so and I think for Brandt, it was you know before the race she was not very sure about how the race would go for her because she was um, a little worried about how the about the course and the, the technical parts of it in a way but she managed it quite well and I think that it definitely helped that Alvarado is um has been on a decline in the last part of the season um partly probably because of of her back issues in a way that are playing up and you know then you're just (laughs) hoping uh, for the season to end and it is also the last race for Alvarado so I think for her it is uh it is definitely time for her to to take some rest because I think that she definitely had a very good season and can be very proud of what she has achieved this season. And for Brandt, it's uh, yeah, there is still some some races left, so she can uh, kind of you know the 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 weeks that she missed out on because of of the injury, she can now kind of make use of it and and try to uh, get some some Ws uh, in the bank. I don't know about Van Empel to be honest because I I think that Van Empel is going to race tomorrow and then. We'll call it also a day. It's not going to show up in uh, in Brussels, but I think that it is. Um, you know, t- today's race was not really a race with a lot of surprises. Maybe for Donschot, passing Alvarado was somewhat of a surprise, but also not in a way. Especially if you, you know, this time of the year, such a race, the motivation is very hard to find if a couple of things do not really go your way, and if you don't feel like you have the best of days it is a little easier uh, and that's you know not always the case but it's sometimes a little easier to say okay it's, i i have had enough i will not take it easy but i i let this place go it's it's okay i i fight another day i'll fight next season it's all good and i i feel that that kind of with some riders happened, but overall we got not the most shocking results in i think in the entirety of the top 10
0: no, definitely not. And for Donschot, it's maybe a slight surprise that she overtook Alvarado, but Alvarado has had those back issues and she said that hampered her the entire race. So in that regard, I'm not super surprised. Apparently Van Empel is on the start list for tomorrow. I know they've been back and forth on that. I don't know how accurate that start list is because backset is also on that start list and I'm pretty sure Baxed is not going to be racing because she was in the north of Sweden today. So, yeah, Alvarado also on that start list. So, yeah, um, I don't know how accurate that is. But for sure, what we do know is that today Brandt deserved that victory by far the strongest. For Donshot ends, or not really completely ends it, but she continues a strong season, especially the second part of the season, and has been very good for her with a second place, Alvarado with those back issues, and a third Despite that, Brandt and Alvarado, and also Verdonschot for, for that matter, can take a lot of positives from this season. They will definitely start the off-season with a good vibe. Alvarado just knows, hey, I need to get a hang of whatever is hurting my back, put some more time into core, or just have a couple of sessions where people fix her back. For the rest, yeah, if we look at the rest of the top 10, as you say, not really surprising. Brandt ahead of Verdonschot, Alvarado and Ribeirol. Worst in fifth, ahead of Benfeldt, Van Alphen, Frank, Kant and Brouwers definitely not a good day. I think she maybe slightly mistimed her peak. She was very good in Hogerheide and now in Tabor and here in Middelkerke hasn't exactly been up there with the best. But Issam, what do you think about Vorst? Vorst came here with a remote shot of winning the Super Prestige. She didn't do that. Alvarado won the overall. She ends fifth. It's not a horrible result, but it's also not a good result if you look at the quality of the field. The results this year in the real big races haven't been that good. It's also not been horrendous, but it's like between the 5 and the 10 mark. With often, if everyone is there, including U23s, being lower than that 10 mark. I don't think Vorst is going to go into the off season with a good feeling. This is like the second, third year in a row that she doesn't really have a great season. I mean... In the 2020-2021 year, she had a bad year, but at least at those World Championships in Ostenda had that good result. Then she had a relatively good rebound season when she won in Coxide, was on the podium a number of times. Missed Cycles was in Fightville because of COVID. And then now for two years, there's been this story about lingering issues with a knee influencing her, and then it's not really a factor, and then it is a factor, and then it isn't a factor. I don't really know with what feeling is worse going to go into the off-season, because I can't imagine it being good, and how should she approach the next season?
1: Well, probably not the same as she approached this season, because it didn't really bring her that much. So I think that that you know when you hear a rider it's not always the case but sometimes it is when you hear a rider not really sure of what uh, the issue is it's the knee it's the back it's this it's that it's most of the time they're searching for for a reason uh, why the results aren't there you know maybe they see that the numbers in training are not that bad they see that uh, overall they are capable of doing good numbers but then they enter the race and it doesn't really show i feel maybe that that could be an issue. It could also be an issue that there's just a lot of pains over the complete body in terms of the back and everything, and maybe just having some issue that still hasn't been found. We don't really have something clear on that, and I don't know. It's 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 difficult to approach the next season in a way because, as I said, maybe you have to change it up, but that's a risk. If it doesn't really work out, it's another season that you kind of lose the years are also counting in a way it's not that there is a lot of progression that can be booked but I feel that she definitely can do something that Alvarado was able to do but the question is is that coming or is that not really going to show in the next couple of seasons and I I'm afraid that it might not show and especially because of the level just overall at the top of the women's category getting better and better it's going to be, it's going to be difficult, but if I was there, I wouldn't give up, there is definitely some time, and it's going to be interesting what next season will bring, but for the moment, it doesn't look good, and you definitely, you know, you would try to finish the season on a good note, to at least have that feeling in a way, mentally, to uh, overcome the season break and and try to regroup reassess try to find something that that might work out and 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 get stronger in the next season and i think i think for her that's that's probably the way to go maybe try some find some positives at the end of the season find some positives from this season overall and try to build on that and hope for the best because that's basically what you can do you can work very hard and hope for the best and You know, sometimes then it works out and sometimes it will not work out. And that's that's how life goes. And that's how the the life of a rider goes also
0: versus turning 29 this year. She is from December, late December. So genetically in the youth category, she always was at a significant disadvantage compared to the rest. She was almost a full year younger than her peers. She was racing in a time when there was no junior women's category. It literally didn't exist. She really had her breakthrough season in the 2016-2017 year, when she started with the top 10 in Gieten. Then in Baal, she got a sixth. And then she worked her way up to the podium in the World Cup in Hogeheide, with the Elite, won the U23 title. And a year later, she was really, really juking it out up front, especially in the second half of the season, when once small captains had kind of faded. Towards the end of the of the season, she started coming... Up there, more and more, and then it took a bit of time to adjust. Really, the season after with the Worlds in Bogense, but then especially accumulating towards those Dubendorf World Championships, that was really her season. Dubendorf, I remember a lot of people criticized her for being so upset, crying on the podium, looking upset. But if we reflect on it now, and people already said it back then it was maybe her only chance to become world champion. She had another chance in Ostend when she came super close, but it wasn't to be. She came close twice. For me, if she's turning 29 this season, this is like make or break. I think it's going to be difficult for Vorce to turn things around simply because the level in cross is increasing on the women's side more and more. There's more Young girls starting to do cycling, cyclocross believing that they can make a career there. They're riding longer, they have a better pathway into the sport through uh, youth categories with more teams supporting them. There's more money, the prize money is equal. It's not perfect yet, but we've, Cross has come a very long way. Not even 10 years ago, they would only show highlights of many of the Belgian races. In 2015 or 14-ish, I recall from the top of my head, the X2O Trophy, which was then called B-Postbank Trophy, was the first of the Belgian classifications to also start showing the women's races. For the World Cups, it was a bit on and off. It's it's for now, for me, it feels for worse like this is the moment for her to make a decision. Perhaps she should even thinking about leaving the Cyclocross Reds team. She's been with them forever and ever. Perhaps a change of environment could do well for her. I don't really have a clear option. Hey, you should join this team then. But perhaps for her, just a complete change of environment, doing everything different is what she needs. Because I feel if she's just going to do the same for two more years. She's going to be 30, 31 even. And we're going to be talking here and say like, wow, the downfall of Annemarie Vorst has been pretty spectacular.
1: That might definitely be something that that could work out for a change of of teams, uh, a, a change of trainer. I, I think those are definitely things that could bring some new life to a career of a rider. I mean, we have seen it with Sveika, where in sort of a similar situation, uh, definitely different in the sense that he had two riders in the same team that were just performing a little bit better. And he he needed to step out of it, there were obviously some, you know, the relationships weren't that great, but he needed to step out of it, and he needed to, you know, change the environment, and it worked out for him that season quite well, I mean, now he's also still (laughs) in quite a struggle, and, and has to find something for the next season, but I feel that that definitely could be an option for her, but it's so difficult, especially if you know the re- if the environment is very nice to you and they understand you well and everything is going well in that regard you know performance wise obviously it's not going well but it's very difficult to change it takes some courage and it takes uh, a lot of risk as well so it's going to be interesting to see what what will happen there i don't think that there is going to be a transfer in any form but who knows we'll see and will be interesting to to to, to you know to follow that um how, how how the progress will be next season.
0: Yeah, definitely. I can definitely see the parallels with Sveik. I think Betsema is at the same crossroad in her career. It's difficult moments for them. They need to make decisions. Betsema already turned 31 this year. She is even two years older than Vorst, but they feel like they're from the same generation in the same boat needing to choose. Do we go left or do we go right? What do we do with the final few years of our career? Where are we going to take it? And... It will be interesting to see. I I doubt that there will be a transfer as well as some. I just think that maybe she should completely reconsider her environment. Like I don't know, Bastans is retiring, Spitz CX is continuing with and pretty unpromising junior. I don't know what the interest of Spitz, it's a broker's firm, what well, their interest in cross are, but if they want like pretty good visualization or visibility, they'll reward more if they pay Annemarie Worst than what they paid Vincent Bastans this year, and then she can kind of form her own stuff, just pick her own trainer. She can have Vincent Bastans be a coach to her, not somebody writing her training schedules, but Bastans already is pretty active in coaching her during the race and in the pre-rides and stuff. It's just an idea that popped in my mind, but... Yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens there. For now, it looks like Vorst is going to continue the remainder of the season. I don't know. I think Betsama is also going to come out for those X2O trophy races because she's I think, third or fourth in that classification. Vorst and Betsema are third and fourth indeed there. So they can still fight there and add like €10,000 or something if you end third in the X2O trophy to your bank account. So it definitely seems smart for them to come out for those races. Isam tomorrow we'll discuss the penultimate round of the X2O Trophy in Lille. Thank you for being here.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. And it will be interesting to see uh, how the racing will be uh, tomorrow.
0: Yeah, we will discuss that. Lille was actually my favorite post-World Championships race. The course has been reworked slightly. Not sure if I'm a fan of that. But yeah, we should be in for a very nice race, hopefully in the sand there. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we will be back tomorrow. Goodbye.